With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Trail Towns Radio with Paul Vanderplug and Dita Karsnes, the first bicycle tourism radio show in the world. Kia ora and no my haere Mikey, Trail Towns on SENZ. Well done, Deets, and hello, hello, Australia, and welcome to Trail Towns on SEN. I'm Deets, and that's Vandy. And we'll tell you everything you need to know to plan your next bike holiday and where you can stay, the trails you should ride, and the places you can eat. We're going to be chatting to amazing, super famous people. We are especially today, Vandy. Local enthusiasts and just generally people that love cycling every week on this beautiful show. That's right. And now before we start, Vandy, we would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land that we're on today, which is the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. And we are extremely privileged to ride and work on this land and extend our respects to the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Island people listening in today. We are. Who are we, Vandy? Who are we? Well, I'm an obsessive cyclist. My first job was a dental technician. I made false teeth. And my motto was, it's not going in my mouth. Is that because you were doing such a bad job? I was terrible at it. (laughs) And I've essentially just been curating a life where I don't have to work a normal nine-to-five job or wear a suit. And I've uh, been 32 years and still going strong. And together we host the hit TV series on SBS, Trail Towns. Yes, catch it on demand right now. And we also have Trail Towns Radio and the podcast. This week... An incredible guest. We are so lucky and so fortunate to have probably the greatest rider of our generation, Cadell Evans, on chatting about trails, chatting about himself, and generally chatting about everything else. We're so lucky. I genuinely don't know how we have pulled it off, but (laughs) that's going to be so exciting. And we've also got Belinda Wilson, the CEO of Bravery Trust, and... She's got a charity, what is it, the... It's a Bravery Trust charity. Yes. It's, it's an incredibly important charity. She's going to tell us all about it. We are aligned as Trail Towns to Bravery Trust. Very excited about learning about a little bit more about that. And then, of course, we'll be discussing active transport, Vandy. The topic of the week. Yeah, you, very, something very close to your heart. And we'll be introducing Jamo again with his top tips. Obviously, Ooh. that'll be great. What's been going on this week, mate? It's been a big week for me, Vandy. Well, firstly, it's my birthday this week. <laughs> and Happy I got birthday. Oh, thank you. I got a lovely present from you. I don't know. I reckon you've been brought up correctly because you bought me a bike. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it seemed almost too perfect. It's a 90s giant uh, race edition, which is the KDEX version. It, it takes me back to the days I was working at Vic MTB. With with Jamo selling Kdex bikes, and you bought me a Kdex original <laughs> '90s mountain bike with these tiny narrow handlebars and these bar ends, and I'm wearing right now. Although in Radio Land you can't see it, of course, but I'm wearing a '90s 
giant lycra top. Yes, uh, it's th- it was three dollars from the Mount Beauty op shop. An absolute uh, bargain. I love an op shop. You're 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 a lovely you're a lovely young man. Thank you for thinking of me. So I mean, buying a bike for you, but is there anything better? <laughs> anyway, this week, Fanny, I need to ask your advice. Uh, Jane and I are planning a trip to Tassie when the borders open. And we all know we are dying for these borders to open, and yes. when they do, we're going to go and have marvelous. You know, Trail Towns holidays. And we want to go to Tassie, northern Tassie particularly. Tell us, you've been there recently. What are your tips? Yes, I actually got engaged to Chloe in Tasmania in Ooh, July. Don't so... give me any ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we um, we actually stole one of your best mate's campers, Andy Poole, and he's got this uh, Seek Adventure Volkswagen camper. Roam free, I think he it's... calls it to everyone out there. They like to hire Andy's uh, camper van. Oh, it's great. But <laughs> um, we... Did uh, about a month in Tassie, and we were just cruising around. We took the Spirit of Tasmania across, which is which is perfect because then you have everything with you. You can take your e-bikes, you can take your normal bikes, and we first hit up Wild Mercy, which is fantastic. Really good, gentle beginner trails. It's one of the newer sort of areas. It's only fifteen minutes actually from the ferry terminal, Devonport. Yeah. yeah, and then we cruised over to Derby, which everyone who knows anything about cycle tourism will know the story of Derby. It was an old tin mine that's now developed into a world-renowned cycling or mountain biking mecca. And then uh, we made it over to St Helens. Mm. And the riding over there is completely different. Really good in winter, actually. Is it? It's sandy. It's got like a more of a sandy sort of surface. So mm. after rain, it soaks it up and it actually gets better. We were thinking of sort of using maybe Launceston as a hub and going out to Derby and maybe back to Wild Mersey. Would that work, do you think? Well, it depends on it, what sort of accommodation you're using. But we had the camper, so we would just park wherever the trailhead was. And the good thing about Tassie is there's free camping everywhere. Really? Like you can just pull up at Derby, for example, and camp on the river for free. And you pay $3 and you get a warm shower. That is fantastic. What about um, St. Helens itself? I hear is a beautiful town. There's a new trail there. The Bay of Fires trail goes for about 40 k's. Tell us about that. Yeah. Well, Chloe was tired that day and one of my good mates has moved to St. Helens and we managed to get an e-bike off him. It's his wife's e-bike, but she'd uh, injured her thumb, so she wasn't riding. So Chloe jumped on that and we did the lower part of the Bay of Fires, which Mm. is just incredible big boulders and winding single track, all done by the World Trail team and Glenn Jacobs. So they descend into the actual Bay of Fires, which are these beautiful rock formations with Mm. this vibrant orange. It's very unique. It's got some sort of mineral in the water that sticks to the rock. So it's famous photos of Bay of Fires. And then we sort of just cruised down the east coast and then went all the way to the southern tip of Tassie. But um, oh, wow. we did a little bit less riding in the second half and more bushwalking. Well, I haven't been there for any sort of holiday since I was 18 where I rode a GSX 250 Suzuki <laughs> around the whole island for about two weeks. It was just beautiful. But this is going to be great. What about you know places to get a glass of wine at and funky oh, breweries? There's a bit of that going on? There's a lot of that. There was a lot of um, cider in Tasmania. Cider. It's sort of known as the Apple Isle. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they do like, a, it was winter, so they were doing a lot of mulled ciders, so like low alcohol, but really tasty with cinnamon and all sorts of spices mixed in. Mm. And then the wineries there, they're all super boutique. So Jane would love them because I think they produce only five or 6% of Australia's wine, but they produce 20 or 25% of Australia's premium wine. So 
It's wow. known for high quality and all the local produce in Tassie is crazy. Like the cheeses and all the fresh fruit and produce. You go through the markets at Salamanca and it's just like, wow, this wow. place is very rich of uh, food and, and, uh, and sort of dining culture. Well, we, uh, Jane and I were so excited to get down there. We've got another few holidays, which I'll bounce off you as well. Cause we, we just uh, dying. Everybody is to get out and enjoy this country. But, uh, I guess the time has come right after this to invite, well, he's one of my heroes, to be honest, Cadell Evans. He's one of my heroes too. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have Cadell Evans on the show. We'll have a chat to him for a little while right after this. You're on SEN with Vanny and Dietz, Trail Towns. You're listening to Trail Towns Radio, the first bicycle tourism radio show in the world. Next up, we've got the giant special guest of the week, and this is a really special guest. He's probably the most famous cyclist of our lifetime. It's Cadell Evans. He's the first ever person in Australia or Australian to win the Tour de France. He's a road world champion, four times Olympian, and also in his early days, two times World Cup champion. Welcome, Cadell. Good day, guys. Thanks for having me along. We are so excited, Cadell. Um, I guess that the, the strangest thing is you and I have so much in common, Cadell, because guess where I grew up in Greensboro and the Blue Lake is where you used to ride. You're from my area and now it's called Plenty Gorge Mountain Bike Park. Tell us about racing in the Blue Lake back in the day. So, well, Blue Lake, when, when I lived out there, <clears throat> so maybe, maybe I'm making myself sound older than I feel, but um, <laughs> oh, long story short, um, I just actually started riding mountain bikes because I, with my family, moved out to Plenty, and um, there was a mountain bike race there held by the Fat Tire Flyers. I think it was about November 1991, and um, late 1991, and um, well, they had a race. I think they had a morning race in Jane and then an afternoon race in uh, Blue Lake. And, and a friend of mine said, "Oh, there's a race on. We should go along." And went down, signed on. Well, I paid my five or ten dollars, whatever it was, and and um, participated in the race. Um, liked it, found it really hard, but um, I remember my mum asked me after the race, "Oh, did you like it? Would you like to do it again?" I said, "Yes, I would," and I did. I did some <laughs> other races after that, quite a few actually. Quite, and quite a few. I've I've just remembered a very very famous story from the Cairns World Cup. I'd love you to enlighten us because everyone talks about why there's five people on a World Cup podium, Cadell, and everyone gives you credit for that because it's normally three people. So how did this happen? Well, apparently, I'm good friends with the then UCI um, technical delegate actually, and he's he's repeated this story many times, so so I can vouch for its credibility. Um, the uh, president of the UCI was actually at the Cairns World Cup. It was his first mountain World Cup he ever went to. Hundred people was his name anyway. Um, and then, so they had three, three uh, podium places. Like, um, and then on this occasion, because it was Australia, and because Australians we do things different, and Europeans now we always do things differently. Um, and the fact that an Australian and not only an Australian, but I was a junior at the time, had got fifth place in the race. So, like, we want to acknowledge him in some way. Do you mind if we ask the fourth place guy and have a five-person five, five World Cup podium? And he said, oh, okay, this time we'll do it. And so they had the podium ceremony, and I got to stand up on the podium, and uh, Bart Brenchens won the race, who went on actually later to become Olympic champion and world champion and many other things, anyway. 
Um, and they had this World Five People World Cup podium, and um, after that, you said, "This is great. Um, we should keep continue doing this." And, and I, th- I think it was a great idea because it gave um, them the mountain bike teams better exposure, and, and more teams have a chance of getting on the podium. Absolutely, and I remember getting fifth in a few World Cup uh, sprint eliminators a few years ago now, and I, I was like, thank you, Cadell, for getting me up here. It's, it's terrific. And, uh, I mean, your results list is huge, but do you have one of your proudest cycling memories? Um, um, I raced so, seven years professional mountain bike, 13 years professional on the roads, it was, it was 19 years and something, but I'll say, I'll say 20 years at a high level. And um, I have to say, looking back at it, I suppose I had some... Um, the thing I'm most proud of is probably my versatility um, from my early mountain, early days mountain bike through to my road race, road days where I could like win one-day races and, and three-week races and, and all through the season as well. My um, longevity and my my versatility is probably what I'm most proud of. I have to say a single result. Um, of course, the tour is the big famous one, but the the most known one. But also for me, the 2009 Road World Championships was um, behind the scenes was probably the hardest one actually because it was just a, it was just a year where, where nothing wanted to go right for me. But I sort of I came through and sort of delivered that result. And the situation was probably something I should be. Um, I'm glad I backed me, put it that way. I'd agree. You rode so aggressively in that 2009 Road World Championships and then you got to wear the rainbow jersey for a year. Just incredible. It was, um, yeah, it all sort of came as a surprise because my, my, even my, my own trade team and everything would just rip me off and I'm done and everything. And of course, when you're wearing that jersey, anything you say say sort of, sort of goes really. So it changes... Unfortunately, it changes everyone's attitude towards you a little bit too much because in the end, the day before and the day after the race, I was still the same person, the same rider. But with that jersey, it, um, it really changes people's perspective on you. Absolutely. Yeah, Cadell, thanks to you, I wasn't the same person after you won the time trial in 2011 beating the Schleck brothers. All my friends were around my place and we were watching you and we were screaming and I had the worst hangover the next day of my life. And I blame you for it. Now tell me, was that more exciting winning the time trial or the last day in the Champs-Élysées for you? So, oh, well, in the, in the um, tour, the tour is sort of, because it's three weeks long, it sort of unfolds very slowly. So it's not like a, I suppose it's um and at the World Championships or something, especially if you win it in a sprint or something, you might not know you're even going to win it until the last 10 metres or 20 metres of a 250-kilometre-plus yep. race. Whereas the tour sort of is unfolding day by day, and each day that passes, oh, that's good, that's good. I'm just looking at this is looking good. But I think um, like the actual time trial and getting through, and it's like, okay, now just we just have to get to the finish in Paris, and it's ours to be. That's the, that's the easy part. Of course, anything can go wrong. But um, like the the time trial was the big turning point, um, and having been in that situation two times before, and people, everyone thinking that I could do it, but I didn't come. I came close, but not 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 close enough. Close, but no cigar, as much as to say. But then also at the same time, I'm kind of cautious rider and don't celebrate until it's all one and done. And so crossing the actual finish line now, it's like okay. <laughs> no one can, nothing can go wrong now. This is ours, and no one can take this off us. So, 
So um, I suppose the, the time trial was the hard work, but we still had to get the jersey to Paris. So it just, you just got to be careful, doesn't it? Complacency is the, the biggest undoing of success um, for, by successful people from what I've seen in my life. So just make sure you get it across the line and then and really celebrate. Very, very wise words, Cadell. And just bringing it back to Australia, you've got a strong connection with the Great Great Ocean Road in Victoria and you have the Cadell Evans Great Ocean Road race and ride. Tell us about the area and why it's so good for riding. Um, yeah, I, I I rode a lot, like you said, Plenty Gorge, King Lake area in my, when I was younger. But um, at the start of my um, professional career, I moved uh, to Barwon Heads. And of course, so all my training for most of my road career was done, um, all my base training and so on was done on the Great Ocean Road and around Geelong. Um, so I've done I've done a lot of road riding there. Um, all my friends tell me I should always be going out and doing trails and things, but then really training as a professional, you should have a lot of training to do, mm. a lot of specific training. Yep. And it's not like you have energy or even much time afterwards to, to go for a ride. If you've got time for something, you, you have an afternoon nap is sort of the best thing you can do for your training normally. Recover. But um, I started riding there, of course, riding, I'd ridden there in the past to, to races and things, but... Um, just I have to say, every time you ride down the Great Ocean Road and you come down the S's towards Lawn, and it's just, it's always fantastic. And I have to say, I'm, I'm a bit biased, of course, but it's probably one of the best roads in the, in the world amazing. to ride on. Yep. Really and um, in the meantime, there's been this amazing development of trails and mountain bike parks and and events. Uh, a good friend of mine actually lives in forest and sort of follows all the... the, the, the um, a good old friend of mine lives lives in Forest and, and follows all of the development work down there. But it's become a real hub of all sorts of cycling. I'm still road and gravel, but more for time constraints than anything. But of course, the, the mountain biking down there is, um, is oh, brings people from not not all, not only around Victoria, but um, from much further abroad. Yeah, um, Cadell, I've done a, a lot of riding in that region. Forest is fabulous. Some great rail trails, Skeens Creek. You know, Wild Dog Creek Road from pretty much Apollo Bay, Skeens Creek to the top of the Otways. Just beautiful riding. Well, tell me, you've got a couple of kids now, and I've got a couple of kids. Taking your family away on a holiday with a bike or taking them for a ride in a, in a bike trail is some of the best funds. Where would you like to go for a bike holiday when you have time? Where, where is the one spot, do you think, that would be? Um, the best trails, mountain biking, the best trails I've ridden recently were in uh, Utah, actually, a bit further afield. But um, oh, I'd like to, I'd like to see some, uh, explore some of the areas, oh, even Queensland, um, if I, if I were to travel with the family. But living so close, when we can travel and so on again, living so close, I, I, I will be spending a lot more time I know down in the forest in that area in the future because I've got family moving down there actually so um, I'll, I'll be spending a, bit, a lot of time there and that's probably where my, my kids will be starting mountain biking oh, I've uh, ridden Utah many times was it the whole enchilada or down in Moab were you? Uh, I've got a lot of good friends who live in Park City oh, and they nice. just had some really good um, some really good uh, trail work there and I just remember riding um, with George Hinkley the, the wave trail and it was one of those trails you ride. Yeah, finished the descent. It was like you cannot get, you cannot get the smile off your face. It was so 
thrilling, but it's uh, they had some really good good trail maintenance and trail work down there. Yeah, it was um, the trail. Nice Creek Trail that was another one. I remember riding it. That was in Colorado. Sorry, going through my history here, but saying as a young, as a junior, I went over to my first World Championships mountain bike. Yeah, you know, where... there's this single track that's forty kilometers long. And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> the most amazing thing uh, here just, I was this was back in the 90s in Australia where if you could find a, a kilometre single track you were happy yeah. and here's a, a single track that's 40 kilometres long and was, oh, that was incredible as well oh yeah well I mean we're just so jealous talking about these beautiful places to ride we can't wait to get over there again and so you've yeah, got... we, we, we can't wait a lot of us can't wait to get home either <laughs> <laughs> and uh so we have Simon Jamison on the show, and he's he sort of provides technical advice to the listeners. Do you remember him from the nineties? I think he says that he was the uh, team yes. manager of your team back then. Yes, the very first team that I I rode with it was a small set of We just raced around Australia, but um, I travelled to a few races with Simon Jamison actually, so I, I know him well. I was I was young, but I remember him well. Anything you'd like to say to him, there, Cadell? <laughs> Now, 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 it's not that he's like the grumpy old mountain biker guy, is it? <laughs> Nailed it in one. <laughs> yes, we, we get him on every week. Well, I remember, him, I remember him as, 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 as the grumpy, but maybe not so old mountain bike guy when I was <laughs> He's still grumpy. Okay, we've got some rapid-fire questions. You have to answer one of the following. Gravel or mountain, Cadell? Gravel. France or Italy? France or, sorry? Italy. Or, or Italy. Oh, Italy. Oh, uh, pizza or Schweinfleisch? Schweinfleisch, which is ski instructor's pizza. lunch. <laughs> uh, okay, lycra or baggies? Pizza. <laughs> pizza. Lycra or baggies? I'm, I'm still lycra. Yeah, <laughs> good. I have some baggies, but I'm still lycra. Climbing or descending? At the end of every climb, there is a downhill. <laughs> downhill. Latte or long black? Mm, neither. Espresso. And this is a trick question. Vandy or Dietz? <laughs> <laughs> Pass? <laughs> I think we're going to all ride together, aren't we? Oh, we yes. are, we are. We, we would love to have you on Trail Towns when we come down the surf coast. We'll talk about that later. But you have been so wonderful to talk to today. Um, we both feel very lucky, and I'm sure our audience do too. So, Cadell, thank you so much. And also thanks to Troy, your manager, who made it so wonderful to have you on the show today, today from TDH Sports and Entertainment. Thank you so much, Cadell. Thank you, guys. And I think probably you're in Australia even more so than me. We're all looking forward to riding some trails soon. Sounds good. We sure are. Best bike going around right there, Vandy. Thank you. Now, uh, right after this, we're going to be chatting about active transport. We're going to be chatting to Belinda and Paul from Bravery Trust. And, uh, well, I'm just going to be having a bit of a glass of water coming down after that interview. You're on SEN with Vandy and Dietz. You're listening to Trail Towns Radio, the first bicycle tourism radio show in the world. You're with Vandy and Dietz, and this is Trail Towns on SEN. That's right, mate. And I just want to open this part and just say, I once studied sports science at university, believe it or not. I believe it. Yes. And during my studies, we talked about this thing called active transport. Have you heard of it? No. Well, it's essentially using 
your bike or your body to transport you wherever you're going. So if it's going to work, if it's going to a cafe, going to the pub, just any time, just, and you can walk there or ride there or take a scooter or whatever you want. So instead of getting in the car or even potentially public transport or mm. how does that work? I mean, well, public transport's okay because you walk some of the way to the station Got it. and that's part of the active transport. Instead right. of driving and parking your car at the station, you can walk from home if it's close enough or ride to the station. So it's just about integrating exercise throughout your daily routine because I mean, especially with a lot of people working from home at the moment, it's easy to get out of a routine of being active. Like I know, you know, people that have just stuck in their house for five days when they could be out there doing some form of exercise. And that's, that's really interesting. With COVID, people have, some people have really just sort of stuck at home and got into this, I don't know, this sort of it's a routine. Funk. It's, yeah. funk. it's like you're just sitting around wondering what's going on. Active transport is it's it's getting somewhere without the car, essentially. That's what you're saying. Indeed, yes. Oh, I love and it. It's it's one of those things because uh, also at university, there was this thing called the National Physical Activity Guidelines. And these are the guidelines for health. So just to maintain any sort of health for a human body, you need to do at least 30 minutes of accumulative exercise most days of the week. So I'm talking five days a week, but you can also do seven days a week of 30 minutes of exercise. And that's not a lot when you consider there's 24 hours in a day. And comparative to when I was training as a professional athlete, I was training 20 or 30 hours a week. So if you're training five or six or just accumulating, so that might be a 10 minute walk to the station, a five minute walk to work, Mm. and then you know, five and 10 minutes, that's already, you're up to 30 minutes. So it's pretty easy to do, but you have to kind of actively make that decision. Well, the, when the world restarts again, which is about to open up here, we all know that things are, especially, you know, New South Wales are up and running again, and it won't be long before, I guess, Victoria is too. Yep. People are going to start to go back to wherever their place of work was. I, I know I know I love going to work. I love the people that we work with at Trail Towns. I love our team. I love the vibe. And being separated from them has been a lot harder to do our job, really. Uh, So when we go back to work, we've all got a choice. Do we get in the car again or do we actually think about, hey, you know what, I'm going to actually ride my bike. I'm going to ride my bike to work, from work to work. Now, we're a very bike-friendly, obviously, production office Mm. at Trail Towns because we're a bike tourism show and we have safe places to ride and we've got showers and that sort of thing. But the choice, it comes down to the choice. In fact, John Bridges last week was actually talking, the New Zealand, uh, uh, our guest from New Zealand, who's the uh, EP on the project, New Zealand, he was saying the book he wrote was about getting people to make that decision to ride, in our instance, ride or walk, to work every day, like to just do that thing. Well, you know, that's one point, right? Yeah, but and break down that barrier. Break that barrier. Just get into the habit. But then the infrastructure that is being built or that is evolving in Melbourne and Sydney and other cities is actually quite astounding to assist you making that decision, right? I'm sold. And I mean, essentially, I could talk about active transport and being healthy all day. But coming up next, we've got Belinda Wilson and Paul Chase from Bravery Trust. This is Vandy and Dietz on SEN with Trail Towns Radio. And right now we have, I think, a very special guest, Belinda Wilson, from a charity, Bravery Trust. Bravery Trust is a charity that's very close to our hearts at Trail Towns. 
we're going to find out why. Belinda's a very keen cyclist, and she's from Gippsland, which I've got family in and you've got friends in, so it's a lovely part of the world as well. We're also going to introduce Paul Chase, who's the CEO of Lidos. It's a Fortune 500 IT company. Very successful, Vandy. This company is wow. incredibly successful. But Lidos is actually the event sponsor of Dra- Bravery Trek. Now, that is a very cool thing that's happening. So we're going to find out about both right about now. So, uh, yeah. Here we are. So... Uh, great to have you both on the show. Tell us about Bravery Trust, Belinda. Well, Vandy and Deets, thank you so much for having us um, here today to speak with you. Uh, Bravery Trust is an amazing charity and we operate nationally supporting um, veterans with urgent financial support. So every year we're helping around 650 to 750 mainly young contemporary veterans with that urgent financial piece making such a difference. Yeah, great. It's an amazing charity. We, I've had a little bit to do with Bravery Trust before and the people you help, these people have served Australia and then they get into trouble, right, Belinda? And, and Bravery Trust does absolutely powerful things to help the, their lives and their family, right? Yeah. So the majority of those that we're helping um, are really young vets um, and and that might sort of shake through to the tradition of, of what people think a veteran is. Um, you know, we, we see all the images on, on Anzac Day. But those that we're helping are predominantly, you know, 30s, 40s, and everyone that we're helping has been injured as a result of service. So that might be a physical injury or more likely or not, it's, it's mental injury. So you know, service is such an important part of our uh, you know, keeping our nation safe. But unfortunately, some of those that do serve do come back with injuries and um, Bravery Trust is there to assist. Paul, your company, Lidos, is an event sponsor of Bravery Trek. Now, we know you're a passionate cyclist too. Tell us about Lidos, how you got involved with Bravery Trust, and what is the Bravery Trek? Yeah, look, um, we've, we've been partners of uh, Bravery Trust for about five years now. We we are in the uh, defence industry, and uh, we have about 13% of our uh, staff, either ex-ADF members or, or their families and partners of serve the military in some way and uh, you know it's a great charity for us to be involved in you know as Belinda said the the immediate aid that they provide is is tremendous and it gives a real focus for our current workforce to uh, um, you know rally around and do events we do events internally in the company as well as with our, our customers and partners so um, you know the the, the trek itself uh, this is uh, the second year for the trek uh, last year um, we uh, had the event and, and were a sponsor then. That one was around the Kokoda Trail and, and about uh, that was a 96k event where people participated. This year, obviously commemorating the Air Force um, uh, 100 years and uh, you know the, to mark that occasion, it's a 100 kilometre trek this year. So yeah, a very good partnership. Belinda, Bravery Trek. How do we get involved? It's about raising money for Bravery Trust, and that money is then helping people who are in trouble and serve the ADF. So tell us, how do we get involved and, and you know, what what's it all about? Yeah, definitely. So it is really simple. So registration, the good thing is it is free and registration is open now. So head to www.braverytrek.com.au and fill in your online registration. 
And the virtual start line is this Saturday. So that coincides with the very first day of Veterans Health Week, which is a week all around celebrating what it means to be a veteran, about social connections and um, sports. So make the start line on Saturday. You have 50 days to travel 100 kilometres now you can do that however you want. You can walk, you can crawl, you can ride, you can jump. Um, you are the one that sets that challenge. Mm. It's a virtual challenge. So grab your family members, um, encourage everyone around you to not only get out and about, but also talk about what it means to be a veteran and what it means uh, to serve and some of the challenges that um, may, um, may happen as a result of service. Oh, that's, that is Fabulous. What do you think, Bandy? Is there a challenge in that for us? Belinda, what do you think? Well, I've got probably two, two things to raise. What's First that? of all, I feel as though 100 kilometres may be just a bit too easy for you guys. So we have, we have one uh, LIDOS employee who's actually running 50 kilometres in one hit on Saturday. Wow. We have another lady who is doing 100 kilometres in a wheelchair. Wow. So I reckon we need to add another zero to that 100 for you guys. Let's make the challenge 1,000 kilometres over oh, 50 gosh. days. What do you reckon? Well, I've I, I got to say, that's, for me, going to be good, tough. But, Vanda, you do that in about a week, don't no, you? No, that, that used to be easy. But uh, now I'd say, yeah, I'll have to actually do some training again. But that, that's a... Great cause. Uh, oh, I'm up for it. We are up for it. The Trail Towns so, team, we're each going to do a 1,000 kilometres, right, on our bikes, uh, and we're going to raise some money. What's our goal? What do you think, Belinda? Well, so the second part of this challenge is our top two fundraisers last year raised $10,000. Now, that's $10,000 that goes directly to veterans in financial need. So given that this is the second year of the, the trek, I reckon we need to double the stakes. So I reckon the two of you could easily raise 20K. What do, we, what do you reckon? We are going to do it, Vandy. That is such an exciting challenge. So the Trail Towns team, the Bravery Trek, we're going to each ride 1,000 kilometres and raise 20 grand. All right. That's what we're going to do. Belinda and Paul, thanks so much for joining us. The Bravery Trust truly is a wonderful organisation. Um, and it, it really is a, actually, it's actually so exciting to do this. This is going to be great fun. I want to thank you for coming in today, right? Thank you, guys, and see you at the virtual starting line on Saturday. Uh, Sounds good. And don't go anywhere because next up we're talking about the Southern Forests and Valley episode. Oh, it's a good one. You're listening to Trail Towns Radio, the first bicycle tourism radio show in the world. Thanks again to Belinda and Paul, and this is Trail Towns Radio with Vandy and Dietz, and now we're going to chat about some of our favourite moments of the road brought to you by Nissan. Ah, uh, Southern Forests and Valleys. Now, that's the episode that we did in WA, and it was just unbelievably good, wasn't it, Vandy? Why did you love it? Well... Western Australia, we're, we're East Coasters, so going over to the West, you fly for four hours or whatever it is, and it just feels like a real holiday, like you're completely removed from your normal life. I've been to Western Australia many times for work, but I'd always go to the Pilbara. I, as strange as this might sound, I had no idea this region 
existed until we'd started the Trail Towns project. We researched it to do this episode, and oh my lord, what a place it is! What, what for you, Vandy, stood out as the most, you know, amazing thing about this part of uh, Western Australia? Well, I think both of us agreed the Carry Forest, like these yeah. crazy trees. Maybe you you talk about that. Yeah, that was... I, I, what what really blew me away about this part of WA? Now it's about 150 kilometres south of Perth. People say, oh, I'll go to Margaret River. A lot of people go to Margaret River. This is just inland from Margaret River. The Mundabidi Trail and the Bibbon Track go through this whole region that yeah. we're in. So the Mundabidi is a thousand kilometers of well-signed bike path. It's unique to anywhere in the world to have something like that. It's almost like um, Chloe did the Camino del Santiago, the walking track. Mm. So the Bibbleman is the walking track, but yep. the Mundabidi is the riding one. So... The southern forest links up all those sort of towns. It does. And and Mundabidi means path through the forest in Aboriginal. So we, we get down to this region and there are these beautiful towns. And I'm thinking, wow, this this is really cool, this area. Some great riding. Then we hit the carry forests. Yes. And the carry trees. I like the high country where you're from. You've got these mountain ash trees, you know, 300 feet high. Maybe 200, 300 feet high. Beautiful big trees. Don't know why we're speaking in feet. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> I use the metric. I think it's 50 meters tall or something, the Gloucester tree. Yeah. Well, anyway, so we get down to the carry forest. And these trees are this crazy kind of red color with these deep green leaves. And they are massive. And I'm talking massive, massive trunks. Tall, tall trees. Mind blowing. On this red dirt, this red ochre or this ochre red colored dirt. And I'm saying, Vandy, we have to stop. Like, we were running late to all these locations, and the crew were like, Where is Vandy and Deets? We're in the <laughs> Nissan X Trail this stage. We just stopped at the side of the road on these forests, just standing there looking at these trees. Classic I, tree mm, huggers. No, I actually hugged a tree. <laughs> I really did. But look, that, you know, moments from the road, the riding you know, down there was absolutely outstanding. The Lingalonga mountain bike park. Yes. Wow. I mean, this guy, um, but, um, um, boxer. boxer, he paid with all his own cash, built the most amazing park you've ever seen. Yeah. And how's all the bikes, they're all running flat pedals. So no one has the cleats on the bottom of their shoes to clip into the bike. Mm. Everyone's running flat pedals. But next up, it's time for the Shimano Terrific Tech Tips with Jamo. Buckle up. You're on SDN Trail Towns with Vandy and Dietz. And now it's time for Shimano Terrific Top Tech Tips with Jamo. Jamo owns quality bicycles in Surrey Hills. He's the first Australian ever to win a Norba race in United States Cross Country Championship, and he's known to call the customer the enemy. Hello, Jamo. Hey, Dita. Hey, Bandy. How are you going? Yes, good, Jamo. Now, uh, Dita keeps saying that you have all these great stories about customers coming into the shop. Would you be able to share any with our listeners? Yes. What do you got for us this week? Yeah, I've got a few things. I've, I've got a few things that mechanics, bike mechanics just don't want to hear. And, and these are the things that make the bike mechanic's brain glaze over like a Krispy Kreme chalk ice donut. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> right, are you ready for the first one? I'm yeah. writing them down. You're ready to go. Right, so number one 
is people bringing their bike in and saying it's making a funny noise, but it's nothing serious. I don't think it's anything serious. Now, you know, you wouldn't say that to your heart surgeon, would you? You know, it's making a funny noise, but I don't think there's anything wrong. I no. Like, I, like, um, I like how you're comparing a bike mechanic to a heart surgeon. That's quite good. Hey, it's way more complex over here. Hey, um, but, get but, me started. The second thing we don't want to hear is the phone call. Um, look, I had the bikes on the roof and um, we went through the McDonald's drive-through. Have that. you guys ever done that? I've done have that. you done that, Dandy? Yeah, Dad yeah. says there's two yeah. types of people. There's those that have knocked their bikes off the roof and those that are about to. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, what do you think wins? The, the McDonald's drive-through or the carbon fibre mountain bikes? <laughs> well, yeah. And they probably bring them in and say, oh, it's, I don't think there's much to fix on the bike. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a tragedy all around. You know, there's a bridge just down the, down the road here in Surrey Hills that is two metres Two and a half metres exactly. Yeah. And I think a, a, a standard car with a bike on the roof is about 2.8. And if you look closely, you can see the carbon fibre scrape marks on the bridge. Did you, uh, it's, it's did, you pay, uh, did you pay the engineers <laughs> yeah. to make that one to boost yeah. business? Yeah, if, you look, if you look closely, there's a small plaque. It says this bridge sponsored by Quality Bicycle Repairs. <laughs> <laughs> Grant, Gemma, you, you, we had Cadell on the show earlier, which was amazing. You used to be his team manager back in the 90s in the Apollo race team. Is that true? That is true. Yeah, yeah. We, we picked the winner there. You sure did. Is that, do you take any credit for his success in his career? Oh, uh, very little. You know, I think he succeeded in spite of me. <laughs> Do you have any uh, maybe, Cadell stories maybe, for us? Maybe, maybe he succeeded to spite me. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, he, he was a little bit of a difficult character, you'd have to say. And, and you know, you have to be to succeed. That's that's just how it is. Um, but, um, um, you know, he wouldn't get out of bed one morning when we were at a, a race up in um, Queensland. And, you know, I told him a couple of times and he wanted to sleep more. So I went in and pulled the blankets off him and said, now, listen, buddy, you're not world champion yet. And if ever you are, you better learn the meaning of the word humility. Now, you've got it. Now, get up and get moving. <laughs> of, course, of course, now he is world champion. So I don't know really where that, where I stand with that. He's <laughs> left you nowhere to go. No, look. Uh, that's so good. What are you going to leave us with, mate? Yeah, so I, Dean uh, always talks about the rules of mountain biking. Have you got one for us? The six golden rules of mountain bike riding. And number one, don't crash. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Do not crash because it hurts. It, hurts. it really hurts. We know. We crash yeah. all the time. Oh. We, we break the rules. Do we? Yeah. Well, there Jamo, 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 <laughs> thank you, mate. We'll chat to you next week. As always, a delight chatting to you. Yes. and this My is... pleasure, boys. <laughs> Take care. Time flies when you're having fun, Deets, and that's it for the show this week. My head is, I have to gaffer tape my head back on after speaking to Goodell. Wow, that was the treat of a lifetime. And Belinda Wilson, Paul Chase, and of course, Jamo. Who, Underwhelming got a, as always. You got a bit of a tailing up from Goodell there, which is beautiful. <laughs> no, it was it was a wonderful entertainment. Again, thanks to, uh, to Troy from TDH Sport and Entertainment for getting us Cadell on the show. And uh, if you want to follow what we're doing, jump on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. There's always videos and photos and fun things behind the scenes of the radio show. So check that out. Oh, we love our temper pillow giveaway. 
you have a story about temper every time you come back from a trip with Trail Towns? Oh, yes. Chloe and I run into the house and we just dump our bags and we do like a big Frosby flop onto the bed and just let out a sigh. That's <sighs> seriously the best mattress has ever made in the history. Anyway, so we give away a temper pillow each week. Last week, the question was, what did I, I thought I left at home? It was my kids because Vandy was acting like a kid. A he was driving me kid. crazy. But this week's question, Vandy, is... This week's question is, what's the best post-ride power food of choice? So what do you enjoy eating after you finish a ride? Tell us the answers on all the socials and you could win a $200 temper pillow. Well, thanks for joining in to Trail Towns on SEN this week. We're going to catch you next week. And you can listen to us over and over and over and over and over on Podcast Vandy. The SEN app. SEN You name it, man. And I'm just going to say... Ciao for now. And it's see you later from me.